This is a special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show, broadcasting from Washington, D.C. at the Federation for American Immigration Reform's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. I'm one of about 70 radio shows here, and we're doing it from the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol building outdoors, so you hear background noise, you hear traffic noise, you hear lots of people in the background, and we are here talking about the American immigration crisis, the border crisis, how people are impacted by it, so enjoy the special episode of Law Enforcement Today Show. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Want to win great prizes in awesome contests? Who wouldn't want that? It's easy. Just sign up and subscribe for the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Coming to you from the very special outdoor arena. We are broadcasting from 400 East Capitol Street in Washington, D.C. This is where Fox News is, NBC, Spectrum News, C-SPAN, CNN. We're on the 8th floor overlooking the United States Capitol building in Washington, D.C. I have Sheriff Thomas Hodgson from Bristol County, Massachusetts as a special guest. Tried to get this guy on the show the last time I was here, which is two years ago. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. And thank you for your service. I always forget that. I'm trying to get better at saying that. Well, and, thank you for yours. Well, that's the thing. I've been thanked more for my services that retired from police work than I ever did when I was on the job. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I always want to say something discounted. Yeah, well, no, I, I never knew how to handle it. Now I just say thank you yeah. or you're welcome. So it's very much appreciated. You've been actively involved, and we're here talking about the border crisis. We're talking a lot about the immigration crisis. And I want people to understand something. I'm not anti-immigrant. My grandparents immigrated from Ireland when they were 16. They had nothing but the money in their pocket and a suitcase and no safety blankets. I don't have a problem with that at all. As a matter of fact, I applied for dual citizenship uh, to become a citizen of Ireland because my grandparents were born there. Two years ago, they got the paperwork. Still hasn't done. And that is supposedly a socialist country. I'm air quoting here. And they're very strict about their immigration laws. And they should be. Here, where we are a democratic republic... It's there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's all over the board, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm the uh, I'm the son of an immigrant, and I actually do have dual citizenship, but uh, mine's you with Eng- with England. But uh, but and I am part Irish. But but uh, that's the part I like, by the way. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, being from Massachusetts, you kind of gotten used to this, right? I'm actually originally from Chevy Chase, Maryland, where I'm Get from. Get out! Yeah. And uh, and and actually, uh, I moved to Massachusetts and. Ten years later, I was a sheriff. So, okay. um, but but and I've been at it twenty five years as sheriff, and I will tell you, um, I have never seen law enforcement uh, be so undermined and have the protections of our community so compromised as we've seen over the last 
well, since the new administration's come in. For sure. For sure. Um, the immigration problem has always been a, been a problem for law enforcement, but never to this, this degree. And we thought we were getting to a much better place when President Trump came in. But I started working on this immigration issue 25 years ago. I was down here in Washington dealing with uh, uh, Henry Hyde and Barney Frank on a bipartisan bill that was going through. And I went over to the, past the House, I went over to uh, Senator Kerry's office, and I said to the, to the chief of staff, this bill's got to get through. It's passed the House. It's the beginning of, of legitimate reform. And the person said to me, that bill, won't, that bill will not see the light of day. I said, what do you mean? It just passed the House. It won't see the light of day. It's an election year. And that told me exactly what I knew was going on, which is it isn't about the people. It isn't about what's right. It's about how the parties could go at each other. But it's gotten Deflect worse. Deflect and blame. Well, exactly. Well, they'd use it to garner more votes, right? Right from the families of people. So, so, so it depended on the on the year and what they were looking for politically, not what was good for America. And so, you know, move ahead to today. And I've, I, I suppose the best way I could describe where we are at this moment. Is and I never thought I would say this, but we're living this in real time the script of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, there's you've a, got a good analogy there. You know, you got the, you got the lion that has no courage. You have the, the tin man with no heart. You got a scarecrow with no brains, and you have. Well, I'm going to get to the Wicked Witch of the West. The bottom line is this: I already know who that is. Well, I, I I'm not assigning any any names <laughs> to any of it. I'm letting people decide for themselves. But but you know, pay no attention to what's behind the curtain, right? Exactly. And that's what they do. But here's the real problem. These people who are serving in the White House right now, Secretary Mayorkas, President Biden, and these others who have this progressive agenda that's undermining the safety and security of America, they're breaking apart the very framework. As you well know, law, the laws of this land are the framework by which we protect our constitutional exactly. rights and our democracy. For everybody. Right. Even those we don't like. Right. And we cannot have a republic without it. And so... How anyone in public office, in sheriffs across this nation, like you, when you were in law enforcement, we took an oath right. and made a promise that we were going to use every resource possible to protect the citizens of our nation. That was our charge. That is the most fundamental responsibility of government so that other things can happen. And what happens? Instead, people like Secretary Mayorkas, not only does he not uphold his oath, he blatantly violates the public trust and says, there's no problem here at the border. There's no crisis. And so, Ignore what's the man behind the, the, the curtain. That's exactly right. And he thinks the American people are stupid. But you know what? You will know as, as, well, as well as I do. Law enforcement have their boots on the ground. We're in the communities. We see every day. We know the issues. And we also know that what he's doing is undermining us, basically saying, you guys are the bad guys, and the good guys are the people that are, we're allowing to violate the law. We'll pick and choose who can violate the law. There's an old saying from a movie, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but the, the greatest trick ever played was the devil convincing the world he didn't exist. Right. Until now, when politicians and the news media have convinced everyone that our law enforcement is a bigger threat than MS-13, the mafia, 1% motorcycle gangs, or whatever group it might be, or common street criminals, right. violent career criminals that kill lots of people, and they do it without, without fear. Right. But all of a sudden, our law enforcement are the bad guys. And there's a political motive behind it. Oh, there's no question. This isn't a broken policy issue. This is a plan by this administration. And what they're doing is, look, they're basically saying to law enforcement that 
you can work with ATF. You can work on the task forces of DEA, but we're not going to let you work on the on, with ICE. And they're systematically breaking our partnership apart. And it's the most critical one at this point, because not only have we had serious problems, angel moms and dads lost their kids. Right. We have we have uh, COVID now being pushed into our communities. They're not telling anyone where, where the people are going, right? And, and suddenly, we're being put in a position where we can't react, right? We can't work with our partners and get intelligence and the things we need. What elected official do you or the listeners believe would ever say, you know what? I know if you continue working with ICE and continue working with ATF and DEA and the rest of the, the uh, federal agencies, as well as your local partners and state, that the people of, of the communities are going to get the maximum potential to be safe mm-hmm. and secure mm-hmm. and minimize drugs coming in from your kids dying and all that. But you know what? I recognize all that. But we're going to make you less safe because we're not going to allow you to work with certain agencies, i.e. ICE. And we're going we're gonna to paralyze you from doing that, and we're going to expose your communities to greater dangers. And that is a plan that they're doing, and they continue to do it, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And when you think of the COVID situation, hey, you are you an American citizen? Get your vaccine. Right. But if you come across the border... And we encourage you to do it, and we're going to just let you come into the communities. In fact, we're going to drive you to places. We're going to give you debit cards is what they're doing. Then what's going to happen is um, you just don't worry about it. And, and meanwhile, they're telling us, you know, super, you're super spreaders if you don't get the vaccine and all of these other things, right? Never mentioning the thousands that they're pushing that they're into neighborhoods that across this. Required to do the same that they have their citizens do. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're talking with Sheriff Tom Hudson from Bristol County, Massachusetts. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Missed an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore because now you can listen to it on Podopolo, the free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there, too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or swampland. Enter contests for your chance to win great prizes by subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Sheriff Tom Hodgson from Bristol County, Massachusetts at the Federation for American Immigration Forums. Annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event in Washington, D.C. You're here outside noises. We are outside. It's pretty darn cool. I like it. For with the break, Sheriff, we're talking about the impact that decisions made right down the road from us in, here in Washington, D.C., how they impact communities where you serve, all across the United States. And the obvious ones are fentanyl. The obvious ones are methamphetamine. The not so obvious are the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the violent crime. There's an old Warren Zevon song, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. And where, I think it's the thing from Miami Vice, where there's drugs, there's always guns, there's always violence. 
your community, even though it's a long ways away from the southern border, you think, ah, it's not my neighborhood. They're talking about Texas. It's impacting your neighborhood, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, it's actually worse than that. Um, Because what most people don't know, and when I tell them, they, they gasp. According to Pew Research, Massachusetts, between 2007 and 2017, had the highest influx of illegal aliens than any other state in the United States. We're 2,500 miles from the border. Every city and town is now a border town. We may not be geographically, but the impacts of the fentanyl pouring in, moms and dads going in to wake their kids up from work because they're, they're running late and they're not waking up. I mean, this is, this is in the heartland of America, in our neighborhoods and families that are, that are suffering through this because our government is saying, you know what? We don't care. We're going to let these cartels take over our, our country and the border and come in and bring people in. Human trafficking and sex trafficking are out of control. They're making more money, the cartels, on human and sex trafficking than they are on drugs. It's unbelievable. If anybody else did that, if, if a group from the Middle East did that, they'd be called terrorists. Right. If we have a group from South America doing it, or Central America, or Mexico, they don't use those terms. That's right. But the last time we used those terms, uh, widespread, was like uh, El Chapo Guzman or Pablo Escobar. And that's what they were. They're terrorists. They're not just narco traffickers. They're terrorists. Right. And keep in mind, to, to that point about the terms being used, how long of the last three years, uh, well, actually, since actually President Obama's administration was doing the same thing, trying to have this movement along with the pro-illegal people to not use the term illegal, not use the term, just call them migrants or immigrants. They would not. And I was. And you and I are both. I'm a grandson of immigrants. You're you're, you're a descendant of immigrants. We are not anti-immigrant. Absolutely not. We're pro-law. And and what do you say to the people, the five million people waiting around the world, who are waiting their turn, respecting the laws of the United States? When people come right through the back door, what are you saying? You're basically saying the law doesn't matter. You know, good for you. You don't see them saying that to the people, the five million waiting, do you? You don't say, hey, you all, don't wait anymore. Come on in. They're just letting people come in and they're saying, you know, uh, we need to help these countries. Well, you know what? We're the most generous country in the world. We bring in over a million people a year legally. And how many billions do we give out in aid? No question about it. Well, think about the billions you're giving out for people who are here now that aren't supposed to be here. Our schools are being taxed. Are, we're having that they're jammed in classrooms. You have kids in there that are being brought over here, abused along the way by the by the uh, coyotes. They get to some pushed off to some foster care place, maybe New Bedford, Mass, or somewhere else in the country. They think that the surrogate family is going to be their student friends, but when they get in the classroom, they all begin to bully because they can't speak the language. Right, and some may never have the fundamental ability to learn the language. Then they go home on the weekend. They step out into the street, and guess what? They're the weak link in the neighborhood, and the gangbangers go right after them. Yep. And, and, and we're promoting this. And the other thing that should be troubling to all of us, and I've been dealing with this for 25 years, the angel moms and dads they have traveling around this country who deal with this hard heartache of never having a wedding, a birthday, whatever, of their child that was killed by an illegal alien, Say it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and they still are out there, so nobody else will go through it. They're trying to force Washington to do the right thing. And the and what is being said to them is basically, you know what? Your son or your daughter, father or mother that was killed 10 years ago by an illegal alien, their life didn't matter. 
and neither does the one tomorrow. Because you know what? My politics are far more important than worrying about your family and your hardship and the heartache that you're dealing with with your family each and every day having lost somebody at the hands. And these people, frankly, that are doing this in Washington, they all ought to be considered complicit in every one of these deaths. I call them con men. And, and come from a law enforcement, law enforcement background, the con man will always tell you it's someone else's fault, the yes. reason why they did something. And, and a, a perfect example is domestic violence. If she hadn't done this or he hadn't done it, I wouldn't have reacted this way. I would... And here is a perfect example. Del Rio, Texas was a scenario created by politicians and the news media. And when the heat started getting too hot, they told lies about the Border Patrol whipping and used that as a deflection. See, it's not my fault. It's they're the bad guy. This is what con men do all the time. This is what common criminals do. Look, I killed them because they reacted wrong and I choked them by accident. Which really means I killed that person on purpose. You know right. that. I know that. Right. That's usually all they'll confess to. These politicians down the road from us won't even do that. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. That that point's very interesting because if you look at what was going on when they were showing the pictures before they banned the drone so America couldn't see the honest truth uh, where all the Haitians were under the bridge, they when Fox News worked their way around it to continue showing it, they immediately changed the topic and started talking about this booster shot and got everybody all up right. in arms about a booster shot so now they aren't talking about that thing and that's how they operate that's exactly what they do but you know we are at a critical time in our history all of us in america all of us have got to come together and we need to do what is right we need to speak out Sheriffs across this nation, American sheriffs are coming together. We have a large group of sheriffs. We have, we, we have a group, uh, organization called Protect America Now. And that group of sheriffs is growing and growing and growing as our people from around communities where they're getting to learn exactly what's happening in New Bedford, Massachusetts, over in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, or wherever in relation to the crime problems and the vulnerabilities that are going to continue to increase and paralyze sheriffs and law enforcement from being able to protect our citizens. And so it's really critical for all of us in America because the sheriffs are the last bastion of, of public safety that are going to be well, able to... I hate to say, I'm not saying this is a negative. You know, our police commissioners, our police chiefs, or state police superintendents, they're picked by the executive branch Correct. of government, the governor, the mayor, county commissioner, whatever it might be. The sheriffs are elected by their bosses are the people. So if you don't do, if you did what politicians in D.C. do, you wouldn't be reelected. No. If and you didn't have a voice, if they didn't have a connection to you and your agency, you'd be gone. Well, let me tell you, there's a movement by progressives for the exact same thing you just spoke of. They want and to appoint. Predominantly on the West Coast. They're trying to make the sheriffs appointed. appointed. You know why? They want total power. They don't want the people to have the power. They want to control. And it's the people's power that is ultimately why we got elected. And unfortunately, what happens, Sheriff, and I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, when these things are ignored, it's the common everyday person who pays a price. It's not the people living in the gated communities. Right. Uh, so, And I'll have to have you back to talk about defunding the police and a lot of other things and, and how it's impacting your agency. Before we leave, Protect America Now, what is the website? It's uh, protectamericanow.com. And your agency, where can get people get more information about you and what you're doing? They can go to... Uh, uh, Bristol County Sheriff's Office uh, on both Facebook and Twitter. 
And I thank you for your service. I thank you for coming on the show. It's all very much appreciated. Thank you, and thanks for your great work. God bless. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, leave an honest review and or rating. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.